Okay, welcome to Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. And this is our quarantine episode that will be released on Memorial Day. Yep. And I have informed Mike I will be on strike after this until I am allowed to record in the same room with Laura. Because I do not like recording from this stupid computer where it freezes. And I just, I can't find my jive. Yeah. And well, I don't like it. So it's, it's We're good through that into May. So. Right. So come June, we're going to be back together. Yeah. Yes, that's my kid screaming in the background. Oh, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, no, it's my son. You would think it was my daughter, but it was my son. All right, so back on track. Okay, so this Memorial Day, mm -hmm. we are going to cover, and I picked this topic because it does coincide with COVID. Yes. Um, I'm going to cover hospital ships, mm -hmm. which we're going to cover because um, they are parked at New York and L.A. at the moment. Yeah. And Laura is going to go over, what are you going over? Um. Vietnam nurses, yeah, and kind of what their day to day was, and they had it pretty bad. Yeah, they I'm, had it pretty bad. I'm not going like wicked into detail, but it's not. They had a rough time. They had a rough time. Yeah, and I think they got drafted too, didn't they? I couldn't find. It said they all. It said like everything said volunteer. Okay. Like so, I reading somebody say in Boston like they had held a draft, but I think the women went up. And like volunteered, but yeah, I don't. I can't imagine getting drafted. I think I'd crap my pants. I know, God, that feeling must be awful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go over hospital ships first because even though I find them terribly interesting, um, it might be a little dry for some. I'll try to make it fun, <laughs> but you know, it's Memorial Day, so what do you really cover? We're trying to give give props to the yeah. military out there, the past, present, and future, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So here we go. Okay. Hospital ships. It's possible that hospital ships existed in ancient times. Ooh. All of my information, Wikipedia. Are what? you surprised? No. Not at all. Okay. So the Athenian Navy, which I, I'm assuming is Greek, <laughs> had <like> a ship <laughs> named Therapia. So it clearly is a hospital ship because it's called Therapia. Yeah. And the Romans had one called, oh, Romans with their Latin names, Asculapius. Oh, yeah, scapula. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. So the earliest British hospital ship is thought to be the Goodwill. This ship traveled with the Royal Navy through the Mediterranean Sea in 1608. It housed the sick sent in from other ships. So it was one big ship of bacteria and infection. But within a year, the Goodwill got assigned other tasks. So she dumped all of her sick people at the nearest port. And went on to what else they told her to do. Nice. Which is what you do with six people. You just dump them. Mm -hmm. Get rid of them. So in the mid-17th century, the Navy started designating official Navy ships. And the ships were staffed with a surgeon and four surgeon's mates. Which a surgeon in the 1600s basically had a saw and cut things off. Yeah. Um, they had basic medical supplies like bedpans. I mean, who doesn't need a bedpan, right? I mean, especially on a boat. Uh, well, I mean, you need it. Get mm -hmm. thrown over the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, bandages, soaps, and needles. And, I mean, the, the accommodations were posh. So if you were sick, you got a bed, or you got a lovely rug, a gorgeous rug, with a clean set of sheets. On the floor of a ship. Uh, on the floor of a ship, yeah. You got a rug. <laughs> Imagine yeah. how clean that was. No. You were probably under the bed of the people who had more money. Yeah. Um, the ships were more for sick and not wounded. Like, we have the plague, I have syphilis, we're on a ship. Um, Keep them away. Keep them away. Say that again? Say, keep them away. Yeah, yeah. 
keep them away from everybody else because there was always some kind of a plague mm -hmm. back then. So patients got triaged according to illness and quarantined according to symptoms, mm -hmm. which mean the quarantine, basically they stuck up a canvas sheet below deck and healthy people on one side, sick people on the other. It's like smoking a non. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the peeing part of the pool. Um, so, and the food was terrible. Sure. According to one surgeon, the meat was in an advanced state of putrefaction. Oh. The biscuits were weevil-ridden oh. and bitter, and the bread was so hard it would tear open the roof of your mouth. Oh my god. Weevil-ridden? Oh. I couldn't eat a biscuit for the rest of my life. I can't. I can't. Oh. I, putrefied meat. Mm, no, nope. sounds great. Nope. Let's give that to the sick people. Yeah, no wonder why they were sick. Oh, God. <laughs> Eventually, the shifts were used to treat the wounded. So over the years, the number number of medical personnel began to increase, and by 1703, the Royal Navy um, ships would carry six landsmen to act as surgical assistants and four washerwomen. Being a washerwoman on a ship full of men like those disgusting, dirty, filthy men. Yeah. yeah. They must have made some money on the side. Yeah. In 1705, they added five nurses, also oh. known as male nurses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Throughout the coming years and centuries, hospital ships in the Royal Navy began to increase and become essential. Mm -hmm. By 1877-1878, the British Red Cross had steel hull ships equipped for modern surgery equipment. Who knows what modern surgery right. equipment in was in 1877. <laughs> a nicer saw. <laughs> yeah, it had a saw with five teeth instead of three. Yeah. Um, they did have anesthetics and yeah. antiseptic techniques. Mm -hmm. God bless. Mm -hmm. So now the world wars come out and you're seeing hospital ships on a massive scale. Every country has their form of a hospital ship I am not going down that road. No, I am only covering the United States because that's really the only country I give a shit about. Yeah. Well, and Memorial Day is the United States. So. Right. Yeah. So the first U.S. hospital ship was the Navy's USS Relief, commissioned in 1921. They come up with very original names. I love all the names. I love them. Yeah. The, the, the Relief. Mm -hmm. So during World War One, mm -hmm. both Army and Navy had hospital ships, but they were used for different reasons. So the Navy ships would be fully equipped hospitals and they would receive the casualties direct from the battlefield, and they would support the frontline teams ashore. That, like, so the corpsmen are ashore; they're working on it. You would ship them to the hospital ship, and they were fully equipped to handle you. Mm -hmm. The army hospitals were more like transport ships, and they were used to evacuate really sick patients to a facility away from the front line, okay. um, like to a real hospital. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you were in a mass unit, they would get them out of the mass unit sail them to someplace that was better. Yeah. They were not equipped to handle large-scale um, casualties. Mm -hmm. So the three naval hospital ships were the USS Comfort, the USS Hope, mm -hmm. and the USS Mercy. <laughs> they were staffed by both Army and Navy, mm -hmm. but they were used like Army ships. So the US, I'm going to go through those three, and then I will talk about the ones we know today. Because okay. I, originally I thought... They were the same ships, but they weren't. These ships eventually get decommissioned and scrapped, and we built new hospital ships with the same names. Okay. So the USS Comfort mm -hmm. was commissioned in May 1944, mm -hmm. and it was transferred to the Army by May of 1946, and you will hear why. Okay. It operated during World War II in the South Pacific. It evacuated patients from the Philippines to um, 
Hollandia, New Guinea. And in Hollandia, New Guinea, they had set up a big major hospital for these patients to go to. Mm -hmm. They also brought patients who were really sick back to San Pedro, California. On April 29th of 1945, a Japanese suicide plane crashed yeah. through three of the USS Comfort, and it killed and it exploded in the surgery. It killed 28 people, including six nurses, oh, and it wow. wounded 48. I think it's pretty shitty because these ships have huge red crosses on them. You know they're hospital yeah. ships. You went out of your way to go after the right. sick and wounded. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. So it arrived in L.A. on May 28th, 1945, and it was decommissioned in 1946. I'm assuming because of the damage. Yeah. It was given to the Army. In 1953, it went to the main Maritime Academy and was used as a training ship. Huh. Okay, so the USNS Comfort we see today was launched in 1975, and it's stationed in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Um, it has a 1,000-bed capacity and a flight deck that can hold military hospital. Uh, helicopters okay. it's to support the marines and army mm -hmm. it's more advanced than a field hospital but less capable than a land hospital and it's staffed with 956 naval hospital staff wow. 258 naval support staff and 63 civilians are on board wow it has an 80 bed icu a 20 bed pacu a 280 intermediate care ward 120 bed light care ward and a 500 bed limited care ward and 12 operating rooms. Wow. So it is equipped with labs, x-rays, central supply, PT, burn care, dental services. It has four distilling plants to make seawater drinkable. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. It was activated in 1990-91 for the Persian Gulf. Huh? It was activated activated in 94 to serve as a migrant processing center for the Haitian immigrants. Um, it was also, I don't know what was going on in Haiti at this time, and I'd like to look it up because it was also there to support allied forces going ashore in Haiti. They thought they were going to have a lot of casualties, so that's why it was down there. Mm. I don't, yeah. it showed up in New York during, um, 9-11. Mm -hmm. It was sent over for the Iraq war during 2002 and 2003, mm -hmm. 2000, 2000 kid. Yeah, that was nice. Um, it was deployed in 2005 for Katrina. It was deployed in 2010 for other hurricane relief you know what i must have just i know what i did okay uh 2017 it supported hurricane maria in 2018 it was operation enduring promise and it is currently stationed in new york harbor mm -hmm. supporting for the COVID crisis mm -hmm. okay now we move on to ship number two this is what i did <laughs> I covered each ship uh, completely before I went on to the next one. Oh, that's a good idea. Think, I didn't think I did that. <laughs> okay. So we have the USS Hope that launched in um, August 30th of 1943. And the Hope, like the Comfort, was in the Philippines to assist wounded to the hospitals in Hollandia. Mm -hmm. um, on 12-3-1944, she was unsuccessfully attacked by a Japanese torpedo. And three late days later, it was attacked again oh. by a bomb that was dropped on top and it didn't, it must not have gone off because there was no damage. Oh. But like, again, second ship attack. Yeah. Um, it served throughout World War II with no other issues, and it was de decommissioned in 1946, and it was sold for scrap in 1978. It does not have a current ship named after it. Okay. That was the they, hope. That was the hope. Mm -hmm. And now we have the USS Mercy, which was launched on the 25th of March, 1943. Mm -hmm. It too served in the South Pacific to aid in the war in the Pacific. The Mercy completed seven voyages of evacuating wounded throughout the war. So yeah. 
You figure in these years, it was going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Three ships were going back and forth, taking wounded out of um, the Philippines and the whole Southern Pacific um, theater. So she was decommissioned in 1946 and sold for scraps in 1970. Today's, so then the ships were called USS, now they're USNS. Mm -hmm. So the difference between USS and USNS, we had to look up, the United States ship is allowed to carry weapons. The um, military ships today, the hospital ships, the U- United States naval ships are not allowed to carry weapons. No. They are not prepared for combat. Um, so she completed seven voyages. She sold for scraps. So the today's Mercy does not carry any weapons, and it is a war crime to attack her. She was launched in 1975, and her home port is in San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. The Mercy is also a thousand-bed hospital in a full operating um, status. It holds a crew of 12,1400. You like that? 12,000 is a big ship. That's a big-ass ship. Correction, 1,214 military personnel and 61 civilians. The Mercy's goal is the same as the comfort in supporting the Marines and the Army during battle. And, um, during battle. Mm-hmm. So I think people don't realize a lot of times your front lines of Iraq and all those, it's the Marine, Marines in the Army. Mm-hmm. Um, the Navy usually is support, the Air Force support. Navy people everywhere are probably going to punch me in the face, okay. but you're giving more support. Usually your medical support, your air support, or whatever that. The Marines are the grunts, the armies are the grunts. They're going in facing the battle. So those are the guys you really, I think that's why they might staff it with both Army and Navy as mm-hmm. well. So, the, what ship am I talking about? <laughs> the Mercy? Mercy? The Mercy. Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. In 1990 and 91, it too was deployed for uh, Operation Desert Shield, which I actually remember in high school seeing these ships go out. They were like, oh my God, they pulled out the hospital ships. It's going to be bad. Um, In 2004, it helped the tsunami victims in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. 2008, 2010, 2012, it does this Pacific Partnership Humanitarian Missions. It goes through the South Pacific. I I don't know what it does, but that's what it is. They treat people on board, you know. Like yeah, they go on board, and they may even help, but I think it's more of like um, a goodwill mission. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, it helped in the Philippines after Typhoon Haiyan. That's what it's called. H-A-I-Y-A-N, Haiyan. That's what it's Back in 2015, 16, and 2018, again, Pacific Partnership. Currently, it is stationed in L.A. to help with its COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. It carries the same stats as... Um, the USS, what was the other one Comfort. I called it? <laughs> Comfort. The Comfort, right, because the Hope is the one that nobody's renamed yeah, after. It. it has the same amount of operating rooms and beds okay. and cares and units and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I was going to go into the um, specifics of like war crimes against these ships, what you can and cannot do, but I thought it would be too boring, so I skipped <laughs> it. I probably could have covered it. But I find the ships really interesting, and they're huge. And the fact that they had all, like, they're basically little floating hospitals that have all the same support that a regular hospital has. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that's more, that's bigger than, like, most community hospitals. hospitals. You know, like, yeah. that's a bigger hospital. That's that's insane to me that they have all that stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Full labs, yeah. everything. Yeah. X-ray, like, everything's on. And I love that they have, like, you can take the seawater, the, st- the distilling units. Yeah. You take the seawater and you make regular water. Right. I think every ship everywhere should have it. Because my biggest fear is I'm not going to have water to drink. <laughs> okay. 
Take it over, Sparkle. Oh, all right. So, well, now it's dark out. Hold on, I gotta put a light on. <laughs> no, it's... Um, so I went over um, Vietnam nurses, and I got um, a lot of this information from Texas Tech University. Um, so young women from all over the country, and like, I, this isn't the only website I checked, but um, they all said volunteered. Because yep. I had heard there was a draft. I, they all said volunteered. Right. So young women from all over the country volunteered to serve their country in hospitals in South, South Vietnam. Um, they volunteered to serve their country for like for some of them for an adventure. Like this is different. Let me go to Vietnam. Yeah. You know, like I'm see things. Go to the jungle. I'll see something different. Um, to further their military careers. Um, to receive training and education. Um, to help the servicemen or just to prove to themselves, like, hey, I can do this. Right. Um. They served on military ships for the Navy, airlift helicopters and planes for the Air Force, and the failed hospitals for the Army. Um, they were they were brand new nurses, and then they were nurses that had been nurses for 30 years. It ranged all over the place, but a well, lot... Wasn't it last Memorial Day you talked about that, was it Ruby? Yeah. Who had been in World War II yeah, she was in, in Korea, all and she was still, like, kicking ass in Vietnam, like, yeah. mother of Christ. I think she left right before Vietnam. All right. Um... She, um, yeah, they were not, so they had like, you know, seasoned nurses and then they had brand new nurses going into this terrible well, a way to get experience. situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they said, which is, I would assume would happen anyways. They said the newer nurses like had a lot of PTSD after. Oh, I bet. Cause I they, bet. I mean, they you don't see anything yet. and then you see that is. You I go would, in the pits of hell. Yeah. Um, since Vietnam was the first major conflict to use the helicopter to transport wounded soldiers to hospitals, Vietnam nurses saw patients more severely wounded than ever before. Um, sometimes a soldier would be in a hospital being treated 30 minutes after being wounded. Woof. Yeah. Medivac, which is the helicopters that fly them out, um, saved thousands of lives. Um, because, we should cover that next Memorial Day, the medevac. Yeah, because they were saying, like, this is literally the first time they ever used it. So you, most of these guys that these helicopters saved would have died. These, the yeah. nurses never would have seen them in their injuries, in their, you know, the state they were in. But and just be, even the stories of the pilots. Oh, I'm sure. What they went through to make sure that these guys got out. Oh, yeah. Like, shot at, or mm -hmm. I went and I went anyway when they told me not to. Yeah. Like, we yeah. should cover them it's next crazy. year. Yeah, so the, these nurses were seeing things that nurses and doctors hadn't had not been seeing in previous right. wars um and because of this nurses had to make really fast decisions as to who would be treated and with what treatments mm -hmm. um their practice was very autonomous and that was really different than nursing back in the states yeah especially back the then it, it is i mean a lot a lot of practices now have autonomy but back then especially was like the doctor said this this is what you yep. do like you didn't step outside of what they told you to do in there they kind of not ran the show but they had autonomy like okay that guy's not gonna make it i have to move to this guy or i'm going to treat this guy because i think he can make you know like right and, right and they decided the treatments so they had a lot of wow. say yeah um vietnam combat nurses worked six to twelve hour shifts no i'm sorry six <laughs> 12 hour shifts a week Oh. Yeah, I worked three, and I could cry. No um, kidding. No. If there was a big battle or a mass casualty event, they had we're to work working. way longer than that. They were working oh, yeah. all day, all night, all day, all night. You didn't leave. Um, they volunteered 
in the communities where they were staying. They went to visit orphanages. I never they, knew that. Yep. Um, they went to the local hospitals to give out supplies, to perform medical services. They taught classes on hygiene, first aid, English. Like, they didn't just work six 12-hour shifts a week. So there was no break for them. They then went out and volunteered in the Vietnam communities. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have been sleeping. You know right. That. No, I, know I, I mean, I'm sleeping. sure there's a couple. But they, like they say, they did all these things in the community for these people. Um, and even though they faced a huge amount of stress from the injuries that they were seeing, from the amount of um, wounded men, and I can't undo this page. <laughs> and, um, you know, they had the stress of not being able to save them all. Mm-hmm. Most found their service very rewarding. You know, they were proud that they did it. They were happy they did it. And 98% of soldiers who made it to the hospitals survived. <gasps> wow 98 percent yeah and wow. and the ones that made it were ones that would never have made it before right. the medevac you know like so they, this was like unprecedented um this experience obviously bonded these nurses together whenever you do trauma or some, there's something traumatic you're obviously bonded with those people you know for the we rest don't of see life. a fraction of that not no. even a little bit and we're all bonded at yeah. work because <laughs> all the shit we say. right when you're in a stress filled yes situation you form a bond um about six thousand women served as nurses during vietnam seven army nurses and one air force nurse died that's it and those eight are on the vietnam war memorial in dc are they the only women Mm -hmm. on that memorial um i believe so yeah eight women wow and it's just the nurses. And other women did die, like civilians and, you know, other. Mm-hmm. I think there was like 50 women that died. Um, but their names aren't on it. Okay. And I'll get into it. So I'm just going to go over the eight women. Like, it's like a mm-hmm. little quick uh, synopsis on each. So there was First Lieutenant Sharon Ann Lane. She's from Canton, Ohio. Um, she was a U.S. Army nurse. Um, she was killed by a rocket blast on June 8th, 1969 less than 10 weeks after arriving in Vietnam. Aww. Yeah. Um, she was working at the 312th Evacuation Hospital on the Vietnam Ward. So she was working with Vietnam Vietnamese patients. Um, and the rocket came in through that ward and exploded <gasps> and killed her and the patients. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then there's Second Lieutenant Pamela Dorothy Donovan. She's from Brighton, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Brighton. Dorothy uh, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a U.S. Army nurse. She was originally from Ireland, moved here, and joined the most, Army. As most nurses in Boston were. I know. <laughs> at the time. Yep. Um, she unfortunately died of a rare Southeast Asian virus on July 8th, 1968. That's um, bizarre. Yeah, she just, she caught some rare virus over there and died from it. Probably um, COVID. I know. She worked at the 85th Evacuation Hospital in, I'm never going to say these names, Queen on. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, then there's Lieutenant Colonel Annie Ruth Graham. She's from Eflin, North Carolina. She was a U.S. Army nurse, and she suffered a stroke on August 14, 1968. How old was she? Well, it didn't say how old she was, but the picture of her, she's not, I mean, she's not old, but she was definitely older. She's stroke material? She's a seasoned <laughs> nurse. Um, she was the chief nurse with the 91st Evacuation Hospital in Tuho. Tuho. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so she just happened to have a stroke while she was over there. Oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, sure, the stress did not help. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Captain Mary Therese Klinker is, was from Lafayette, Indiana. She was a U.S. Air Force nurse. She was part of the onboard medical team during Operation Baby Lift. Her flight was carrying 243 infants and children. Ooh, this doesn't sound... No. There were pressure problems in the cabin. The plane crashed. And she... Yeah. She died on April 4th, 1975. Three weeks before the fall of Saigon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Second Lieutenant Carol Ann Elizabeth Drasba was from Dunmore, Pennsylvania. She was also a U.S. Army nurse, and she was killed in a helicopter crash near Saigon on February 18th, 1966. Um, Second Lieutenant Elizabeth Ann Jones from Allendale, South Carolina, was a U.S. Army nurse, killed in the same helicopter crash as Second Lieutenant Drasba. She had been assigned to the third failed hospital. Um, Captain Eleanor Grace Alexander from River... Rivervale, New Jersey, was also a U.S. Army nurse. She had been working in a hospital in Pleiku, it's P-L-E-I-K-U, to help during a mass casualty event. So they would move them around, you know, like, oh, they are having a mass casualty, we'll take some staff. Um, on her return trip to Queen Anne on, on November 30th, 1967, her plane crashed. Oh. Uh, she was assigned to the 85th Evacuation Hospital. Um, First Lieutenant Hedwig, Diane... Orlowski was from Detroit, Michigan. She was also a U.S. Army nurse. She was on the same plane as Captain Alexander and died on November 30th, 1967. She was assigned to the 67th Evacuation Hospital. So they just, you know, they would take these women and move them to where, you know, they obviously needed more help. And then they both died on the way back. Oh, imagine dying on the way back. Jeez. And like the other woman, the poor woman who died three weeks before the fall is like, like you're like it's almost there you know it's just so sad yeah. um, all of them are awful um yeah. over 265,000 women served during Viet- the vietnam era about 11,000 served in southeast asia almost 90 percent of the 11,000 were nurses mm-hmm. um but some ser- some women served as civilians in the red cross and the uso um more than 50 civilian american women died in vietnam Others served as doctors, air traffic controllers, intelligence officers, clerks, and other roles. Um, In November 1993, the Vietnam Women's Memorial was dedicated in honor of all those women. It's a statue of three women tending to one soldier. Um, Mm. And that was the first national memorial to women veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was like an article about when they, you know, dedicated the monument. And they were saying, like, there was, say, I don't remember the women's name. You know, there was, you were standing there. Nicole was standing there. And I came in and I was like, Nicole, Nicole, it's me. It's Lara. We, and they just, like, were hysterical crying and hugging. And they said, you know, the stuff we saw, you you don't forget who was standing next to you. You know, it was just so, it was, it was sweet. Moving, yeah. Yeah. That's very. And then one um, man was there. And he said, this memorial needs to be right next to this wall because it's a little further out yeah. than the wall. It's not like right next to it. And he said, these women were they, they, these, these, these women were the last people that these men saw most of the time. Oh, you like, make me cry. So they, this should be right next to it because they were there for them. Like, you know, and I was like, that was really sweet, you know, but yeah. So that's just a little tidbit on the Vietnam nurses. 
All right, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Would you be Navy or Army nurse? I'm going to have to say Navy. Yeah. I think I would, too. I like Just the Dickies. Marines so much. <laughs> Just because what? I like the Marines so much. I know. I like so the little fun. Dickies they walk around. <laughs> I just love them. I think they're so cute. Um, I don't know. I think I feel a little safer on the ship back a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to be back on, on the, the front line in a mobile hospital unit. I, I mean, obviously those ships get bombed and stuff, but... Well, yeah, but still, I take my chances. Yeah, I'd like yeah. the ship better, I think. I don't know. I don't know. It's all scary. I, I give those women credit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were all going to war. Vietnam was a tough time, mm -hmm. you know, and they were all going to war when it was the most frowned upon thing to be doing at right. the time. And they were seeing horrific right. things that women at that time just didn't see. No, and even today, I mean, you don't see, most people or, will never see that, you know, like, so yeah. but thank God. But, but women were so shielded. Yes. You're talking the 60s, early right. 70s. Women were still so shielded. I mean, you're talking that's the time women would still stand when the surgeon walked in the room. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it was just, you still, they were still wearing the white dresses and the hats and the shoes. Right. They, they were just so shielded. And these women were seeing, they were front lines of these yeah. battles. And those were some bad battles. Yeah. I still, still think of all the wars. Uh, that that was a bad one. Yeah. That was probably the worst, you yeah. know? The burns they must have I seen. Ooh. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. So happy Memorial Day. I know. Thank you. <laughs> It was a short episode, but you know it's um, it's hard to cover these because there's a lot to cover, and then we're not really sure what to cover. It's kind of kind of all over the place. I know. So hopefully, um, by the time this comes out, we're on tier one or two, and we're able to actually leave the homes and maybe mm -hmm. go to a barbecue or something mm -hmm. with three other people. Mm -hmm. So um, enjoy your Memorial Day. Be safe. Yeah. And um, we're going to be looking at a new normal after this whole COVID thing. Yeah. So. Hopefully the summer will still be as much fun. Sure. Um, we got some fun things coming up in June, and mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.